0: He's got the power. Victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. My, my, my. There's absolutely nothing that God cannot bring to pass. Hallelujah. How many want to see God do miracles in the next few moments on this beautiful, marvelous Sunday evening, hallelujah, there's an electricity in this audience tonight, hallelujah, we come against every opposition, every adversary, hallelujah, every dark spirit, in the name of the Lord, our God, hallelujah, We absolutely are a privileged, honored people to have what we have. You know, he he didn't have to give us this great salvation. He could have chosen other people. There is a reason he chose you. And I'm here to tell you tonight that the, the omniscience of God knows and understands what you were before you were born because he studied the DNA in the bloodline of your uh, fathers, mothers grandparents and your forebears. he saw that and even if your parents weren't saved and even if those forebearers were not saved God saw something in the blood makeup of your bloodline that there's going to be a child someday that will rise up and call me blessed And it was no mistake that somebody invited you one day to go to that place with them to meet this great redeeming Savior. Kalabashataya. Hallelujah. This is an apostolic church from stem to stern, top to bottom. I'm going to preach an apostolic message tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And I'd like to turn your attention of all places to Acts the second chapter. And I'm I'm so glad uh, that this church is so based on the Word of God. You know, when you look around and you see co-workers and neighbors and people you know in the community, and, and they're so lined up with other things and other influences and reading the wrong kind of books and involving the wrong kind of religions. Even even, even uh, far eastern religions have reached their tentacles into America. And the darkness of it is just unbelievable for a, for a Christian nation when it was born to be in that situation today. And uh, I, I want to preach something to you that will probe the depths of who God is in your life hallelujah on the day of Pentecost God poured out his spirit and uh, the bible says that Peter standing up with the 11 verse 14 of Acts chapter 2 Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunk, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now I want you to notice the next phrase. But this is that which is spoken through the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I want to preach on this subject tonight, the origins of life. The origins of life. When you leave here tonight, you're going to realize how purposeful it was that God found you one day and led you into this marvelous light. It's going to mean more to you than ever, and uh, you're going to you're going to leave with a deeper understanding of how truly profound the calling of god on your life was and is hallelujah you are a part of the church the general assembly of the firstborn hallelujah the people of the name the blood-washed multitude and those that are filled with his amazing presence by birth. Amen. The origins of life. God bless you. you. May be seated in the name of the Lord. If you're not aware of it, and I think many are, we have seen in the last one hundred and twenty years across the face of the world and, and especially in areas like America, South America, Canada, Russia. And um, other parts of the world as well, we have seen a a dramatic unveiling of God's plan for the modern world. And that is the introduction of His baptizing spiritual experience known as the fire baptism of the Holy Ghost. It goes back into the ancient days in which uh, God, who for the eons of time was surrounded by celestial worshipers, angelic hosts, herald his name. And uh, throughout the eternities, there were no solar days and times and calendars. They just worshiped God continually. God is so great, you can't possibly uh, usurp all of the desire to worship him. There's just, he is to be praised. He is worthy to be worshiped for anyone that ever encounters him. But there was a uh, a, a little bit of a glimmer in the eye of God because he knew that these creatures uh, were people or beings, shall I say that, that were in his presence continually and everything was celestial. Everything was grand. Everything was beautiful. Uh, everything was was spiritually glorified, and and you know the the realm of God and the heavens was full of light, and and, and you know there, there was no big problem with their worship. And he he thought, what if I created a creature that didn't have the advantage of this marvelous world that we live in, and uh, that we are in, and what if I created a creature in another world, and uh, this creature had a coating uh, of uh, material that would make it difficult to worship me all the time and, and would become weary uh, throughout its existence. And, and there'd be times when they'd have a hard time raising their arms to praise me and times when fatigue and weariness would set them. What if, what if I created a creature like that? And so I believe that's why God created the human race, to see if he could create beings that would be able to come out of a disadvantaged situation and worship him. And so you have the whole uh, panorama of the Old Testament and God uh, meeting with those that few people that he called to be prophets and <clears throat> the people encountered in the Old Testament and people that had glimpses of him and people that could see him once in a while uh, in a burning bush, uh, or on the smoke and the fire of Mount Sinai. He, 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 you know, there was worship and praise, but it, it wasn't really personal. It was from a distance and the tabernacle plan where they had to stand on the outside and only one individual could come in and ever see such kind of fire bolt out of heaven down upon the mercy seat. And 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 so that didn't quite fulfill God. And so his aim was to one day dwell amongst those people. At this point, unnamed people who would someday experience him on the inside of them. And so the writer wrote uh, that the Lord said, I will write my law on their inward parts. I will do a new thing. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to come right down. And I'm going to experience humanity uh, for myself. And I'm going to come as a human. And I'm going to become a human creature. And then I'm going to leave. And as I leave, I'm going to bequeath to them my fiery presence. And of course, Pentecost came onto the scene in the book of Acts. And it's not just in the Bible, it's a historical event. Pentecost is recognized by Roman scribes as happening. And uh, the the day of Pentecost was a time in which God's mighty presence being poured out from heaven literally literally turned the world upside down. And today there are over 800 million closing in on a billion people in the world that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost in many different situations and places throughout the world. Pastor Miles was referring to my grandfather being in Russia because of a lost uh, passport there today. A few million people scattered across Russia, Europe, Germany, and other places uh, this pentecostal fire has fallen and it has continued to fall we're continually getting reports we we don't have much communication with them because of the climate of today's world and the situation with covid especially but yet we keep getting reports god's pouring out his spirit in spite of restrictions lockdowns barriers god is not stopped by uh, iron curtains. God is not stopped by bamboo curtains. God is not stopped by religious curtains. God is not stopped by human tradition. God is not stopped by personal opposition philosophy. There's nothing that can stop the river flow of the Holy Ghost and its power. When you, when you look at the book of Acts and you read this passage that I just read to you, uh, you will find uh, the fact that uh, the way Peter words that coming from the prophet Joel, uh, that this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Many preachers and expounders of scripture have, have referred to that verse. And uh, they usually say it. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. And then, of course, uh, there is this conversion of those Jewish people that crucified him, and, and 3,000 people are added to the church that day. But, but we don't really look at that phrase correctly as it's written. It says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Those are directional pronouns. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what he is saying is, he's referring to what happened when the Holy Ghost was poured out. And that was that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is that that Joel prophesied about. And what it, the importance of that is many people have said, I don't believe it's necessary to speak with tongues to receive the Spirit of God. I don't think it's necessary to uh, speak with tongues to be saved. I don't think it's necessary. And what they are reflecting is they're not familiar with that experience. And it sounds very different to them. It, it sounds challenging to them. And they don't want to get involved with that. Well, let me explain something to you. They don't understand how God works. His ways are past finding out. He is the creator. I'm sure that when you were born and you came out of your mother's womb. And you were flailing your arms and kicking your little legs and screaming your head off. You wouldn't act like that right now. Well maybe some of you do when we're not around. But uh, nevertheless you would not in a public arena I don't think. Uh, but But when that happens uh, at birth. You don't go back and say, Oh, I wish that had never happened because that, 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 that's embarrassing to me because that's life. That's the way life comes forth. You're not in a control situation when you're born. You've come out of the womb. You're breathing for the first time. You're moving for the first time. You've been cramped up inside of, of the birth capsule. You come out. Your arms are loose. Your feet are free. You're screaming your head off. And you've been born. And when God fills you with his spirit, he births you into this world and you get out of control when the power of God fills your being. Right. But what he was saying was, this, the tongues of fire, the sound from heaven, the wind blowing in from heaven, hallelujah, this is that you can't separate this from that? This is that is in mathematics is the same as an equal sign. This equals this when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues. There will be a breath and a wind of God come from heaven. There will be an empowerment of the Spirit. You will move around and be drunk under the power of the Holy Ghost. You will stagger under the influence of the mighty breath of God. That's the way God works and that's the way birth is brought forth hallelujah I looked out this morning and watched the crowds of people praising God and I saw all those hands going out and I thought this is the fulfillment of that scripture If I didn't see you in church, if I saw you somewhere else, I'd say, that guy going down the stream is is drunk. That woman walking down the stairs, she's drunk. No, you're not drunk as you suppose. Because this is that. This is that. This is that. This is the heavenly elements uh, coming down and mingling with the earthly elements. Uh, You've never felt anything like the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost. uh, when it first comes down into your human body, this is the God of the beginning of time saying, I'm finally getting to where I wanted to be. Not a separated distance from my people, but on the inside of them. Glory! Woo! Hallelujah. This is. This is powerful stuff, this Pentecostal stuff. I, I mean, it, it is powerful. You, you don't know how you're going to respond. And, and the fact of the matter is, it's, it's a new creation coming into you. You know, a lot of people talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues. And as I said, they're, they're kind of intimidated by it. But they don't understand that God's doing something profound when He does that. He's doing something very amazing when he's doing that and what happens is when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and I want you to listen to this and the Holy Ghost comes down on you it goes down into your soul and it absolutely it absolutely disturbs your soul with holy disturbance and it moves on your soul it awakens your soul spiritually and your soul speaks up words of praise to God it bypasses your mind you don't know what you're saying you don't understand what you're saying it's an expression that's coming from heaven down into your soul and out your mouth this is God doing it and why would people ever question the statement they spoke with tongues as the spirit gave them utterance this is God giving the utterance That's why Pentecost has the greatest preachers. And you heard a while ago about the, the great anointing on the preachers. From that pastor who said, you people have an anointing. What that is, is the, the, the Holy Ghost... When it initially baptizes you, it actually carves out a riverbed down inside of you. That's why the Bible said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's what you get when you get preachers that are filled with the Holy Ghost. The riverbed was carved when they initially received their personal baptism of the Holy Ghost but then God creates that anointed ministry that he causes the Holy Ghost to go up and this time to interact with the mind and to derive derive thoughts and ideas from the scriptures with the mighty lights and the examining abilities of the Holy Ghost and they preach things we never heard before with such force and such might and such dynamic expression that people Are drawn to God. The riverbed has been formed. It comes back up. This time it isn't a word or an expression of another tongue. It is the ministry of the Word of God and it's the anointed preaching that we have all the time. This is why preachers in denominational churches just get up and give little dry religious speeches and messages. Some of you have ever been to a denominational church, you know what I'm talking about. But when the preacher fired by the Holy Ghost gets up out of his belly comes flowing rivers of living water. Those praise singers out of their innermost being came flowing rivers of praise and worship to God. They were anointed. They're different from the other singers in the world. They're different from the other entertainers of the world. They're different. They have an anointing is coming out of that riverbed that's already been carved and shaped by the Holy Ghost. Friend, that's why this place is so exciting. That's why more and more people keep coming uh, to be a part of a church like this uh, it is absolutely God in action uh, it's God in motion uh, it's the Holy Ghost uh, bringing forth uh, all the dramatic miracles and wonders and transformations that only it can bring to pass Now if you'll bear with me I want to take you on a little journey through a college curriculum. I was 1973. I was finishing up my college degree. I was going to become a teacher. I could, Back in those days, I couldn't preach. I was stage frightened. I was going to become a teacher. And so uh, I was looking for an elective to take. Saw one that sounded interesting. It was a, called the History of the English Language. And so I signed up for it. Went into the class the first day. The teacher... Uh, gave us our books, we opened the books, and I had one of the greatest experiences in the Holy Ghost I've ever had in my life, because the teacher began to explain to me and to the class that uh, just recently, uh, going back into the 50s, a team of linguisticians had traveled into different parts of the world, including the Middle East, Rome, and other areas, searching and uh, scouring through libraries, trying to find where language began. They, 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 they couldn't discover where language had come from. It had mystified the scholars of language for years. They, they knew all the, the... There were many languages in the world, many dialects, but they couldn't find where language began. And so they, they went for 20 years in this study, and they came back with their reports, and this book we were studying was the some of the results of their findings, and they had discovered this that man, in his present state of intellect could not create his own language and they gave the reasons why number one, to be, create the English language, for instance, you would have to come up with several do- dozen sounds that that were called um, phonemes, and, uh, and it makes up the phonetic the, the phonetic alphabet, the the a the b the ka, the d a i u e, and uh, and I thought, well, I'm listening to this, and I thought, well, what if what if we try to create our own language and got stuck on that first phase, and then I thought, well, you know, sometimes that's the way I feel because when I saw my Beautiful girlfriend and fell in love with her that time. I went ooh ooh, 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 ooh. Ah, ah, ah. When you find out your mother in law's coming to visit you, oh oh. oh. <laughs> that's that's the phonic alphabet. <laughs> and so they said for for for. Mankind to get past the first phase, it's a, it was a million to one. If they could even get back to the first stage. And if they did, then they'd have to take those sounds and formulate them into co- things called morphemes, which are words and, and just basic words like, hello, goodbye, uh, adios, uh, ciao, <laughs> you know what? And it said just, just the most basic of words, and said, then if if by some miracle you got past the second phase, the third phase would be the syntax or the uh, the grammatical categories, and, and and there you've got to get the adverbs and the verbs and the nouns and the prepositions and and the gerunds and all of those different ways of categorizing how you use the language, and said. So they discovered that it's actually impossible for the human mind to ever, ever be able to create its own language. And so she said what they concluded was, and and said this is what frustrated them. That language had to have come from some source outside of man. Oh, and she said that. The next thing she said was, all right, now, before you leave, I would like for you to take things we talked about today and uh, uh, write a term paper for this course and uh, let me know what subject you want to uh, write on or you can turn it in tomorrow, but I'd like you to turn it in today. So everybody filed out. I waited to the end and I walked up to the professor. I said, Professor Waller, I have my subject for my paper. She said, what is it? I said, I know the origin of language. She said, you do? I said, yes, ma'am, I certainly do. She said, well, you've done something that all the scholars uh, have not been able to do. I said, well, I've been in touch with the great scholar." She said, I'll tell you what. She said, you've got me kind of curious. She said, how about I go down to the library with you and we'll look through some books. So we went down to the library. We got down there and she started pulling out some books and I could tell by what she was pulling out I wasn't interested. And I said, ma'am, I already have my book. She said, well, that's a Bible. I said, that's exactly right. It is a Bible. And I said, let me read to you what the Bible says. And uh, so I took her to Genesis chapter 2. And I said, Almighty God is where humanity came from. She said, well, yes. She said, I I believe that. And I said, well, he created man. And it stands to reason that he created all things pertaining to man. She said, yes, I can go along with that. I said, well, now listen to this. So I, I had my Bible with me. And uh, I, I read to her. I said, This is found in Genesis 2. There went up a mist from the earth, watered the whole face of the ground, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And I said, God reached down into the earth, took a clump of the clay of the earth, shaped it, formed it like some master craftsman and breathed into it. And it came alive. He put it in the garden. And I said, Professor, he was already intellectually functioning. He already had comprehension, professor, because I said, then you see him immediately start naming the animals and the wildlife and the vegetation. He began to talk. I said, there was no schooling in those days. There was no school. I said, he was a created being. He was created by God, fully functional. You see, God can do anything. You and I, in our little existence, we come out of the womb and for a couple of years, we babble like idiots. We, we can't, you know, we can't tie words together. We can't tie a sentence together. And, and then some some where along the line we we go to school and we go to kindergarten and we go to first grade and we start learning a little bit about how to talk and and then mom and dad talk to us and and, and we start putting memory association with sounds and and all of a sudden, you know, oh, oh yeah. And and we come up with these words and it's a long, arduous process. And some people, uh, they're not talking right even today. (laughs) If you listen to them long enough. And so... It's, you know, I, I said, this this guy, this creation of God, this creature of God is fully functioning. He's fully verbalized. He's able to think. He's completely aware. He, he's calling out and creating botany, creating biology and zoology. He's doing all of that. And, and he hears a big rumble in the in the f- jungle, and he looks over and out down from the path comes this monstrous creature, and he says, Fat. And about that time, some little uh, shelled creature runs across his path. And he says, "Armadillo." I said he, he's talking, and he looks over and sees a pretty tree with the little red things on it—cherry tree. And another truth, bigger red thing's on an apple tree. And it's naming, he's defining, he's categorizing. So I'm, when I'm talking this, the Holy Ghost stops me. It says, do you hear what you're saying? And, and, and I'm thinking, I'm still kind of listening to her talk and I'm talking to her. And the Lord's speaking to me at the same time. He said, listen to what you're saying. You're saying that when God created Adam, the first thing he did was begin to speak. It was the first sign that he was a created creature. He started talking something he'd never learned. He was speaking something he never went to school to to understand or to learn. He had the ability to have this utterance. And then the Lord said to me, the only other place where my breath breathed on man was in Acts the second chapter. This is Genesis the second chapter. But in Acts the second chapter, I did another creation. I did another creation. I came into that upper room with a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them a chance. I'm not talking about some little sideline gift. I'm talking about the sounds of life that God created in the depths of your existence. That's when you get the Holy Ghost. That's why when you fill with the Holy Ghost you lose that addiction for smoking. You lose that addiction for drugs. That fire of God has fallen from heaven and it comes right down. It absolutely purges your blood, purges your cells, purges your bones, purges your flesh, purges everything. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wake up. Wake up 21st century people and realize there's a God in heaven that can do anything. And when he saves you, he saves you. He delivers you. He transforms you. He makes all things new. Jesus have mercy (sighs) this is God in action this is God working through people going back to that birth scenario when you come out of that womb that doctor has to hear you cry many babies come out and they're not crying and that doctor has to go to work He picks that baby up and they may have other uh, processes that they put the baby through now, but used to they'd pick him up and they'd spank him on the back. They were not punishing them. They were giving them the swat of life the swat of new life. Hallelujah. Come on, baby. Come on, baby, pal. Come on, baby, pal. And what he's trying to do is to hit that back to get those little balloons called lungs to blow up and start the respiratory action. He can't stop until he hears the sound of life. He can't stop until he hears that baby scream. And the baby's not screaming in delight. It's screaming. Actually, it's screaming in joy. It's not screaming in pain. It's not screaming in excruciating suffering. It's screaming in ecstasy. It's alive. The lungs have developed. The baby's alive. Everybody's happy. That's why when you come to this altar and you are trudging along in a life of sin and iniquity, the great physician gets a hold of you and says, baby, I can't let you leave this Pentecostal altar until I hear the sound of life (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah Right now, while you're standing there right now, if you yield yourself to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will baptize you right now. He is the creator waiting to do the creation. He's the creator waiting to do the new thing. He wants to do something that the world has never seen before. Hallelujah. 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 It's the Holy Ghost and fire and it's keeping me alive. Friend, I don't care what comes your way physically or naturally or secularly. I don't care what comes your way. I don't care what kind of opposition you face. All you've got to do is step up into the realms of the new creation life and the power of the living God. And you can conquer anything. the other class that I was taking at about the same time was a the theology class and I'm coming to a close Dr. James Weber was an ordained minister of the United Methodist Church He was the head of the theology department a fine, beautiful white haired man with a lot of teaching experience he'd been the head of the theology department for 32 years I got in discussion with him I talked to him about my paper he said, well son, he said let me tell you something. He said, I know your dad. I've served on boards with him here in Indianapolis. But he said, you know, I feel like I'm saved. I said, well, then explain to me Cornelius, Dr. Weber. He said, what do you mean, Cornelius? I said, well, you've read about Cornelius. He said, yeah, he's, he's a New Testament character, isn't he? I said, yeah. See, these people have never really studied the scripture. They, they've been seminarized in seminaries. <laughs> And they've read everything but the Bible. So I opened up to Acts chapter 10 and 11. And I said, the Bible says, Peter sent was sent by God to tell this man whose prayers were up as a memorial before God. A prayer warrior out of sight. To tell him words whereby he and all his household shall be saved. And when Peter got to preaching to them, the Holy Ghost fell on Cornelius in his household while he yet spake the word, the Holy Ghost hit. Hallelujah. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. Friend, don't you ever criticize. Don't you ever ostracize God. Don't you ever try to second-guess God. He's perfect in His wisdom. He knows what can change your life. And when He baptizes you, He's going down to the depths. He's going down into the basement of your existence, into your soul. He's going to take that soul and absolutely purify it. He's going to turn it into a hallelujah machine. He's going to turn it into a shouting kind of mechanism will never stop praising and worshiping God I don't know about Shandaya Dr. Weber started going with me to church on Sunday nights at Calvary Tabernacle where my father was the preacher and a thousand people would come together and They would be ripping and worshiping and praising God and ripping the rug and dancing in the Holy Ghost, and it got a hold of him. I remember seeing that precious. Head of the theology department. Head for the altar. I remember those hands going up in the air. Ha! I remember his mouth opening and all of a sudden the lips began to stammer. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye shall cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. God fill him with the Holy Ghost. We baptize him in Jesus' name. And he impacted thousands of former students and faculty members with his testimony that God had shown him the revelation of who he really is. Hallelujah. Friend, I don't want to be like the world out there that wonders who God is and have him as some old white-bearded man sitting in a rocking chair on the edge of infinity. I want my God to be exactly what he is, the Holy Ghost sent from heaven to be my empowerment and my comforter hallelujah you need to let those hands go you need to let that those shoulders shake you need to let that tongue be released hallelujah Well, you said I've had the Holy Ghost before you need it again tonight you need to be refilled with the fire again tonight. Oh, oh. Woo! Ah. Ha! 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 I want somebody to get out in the aisle right now. I want somebody to get out in the aisle and let the Holy Ghost take over you. Hallelujah! This thing is an experience that defies description. it's been in the planning stages of God for the ages of time if you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight our elders will lay hands on you God will baptize you mightily Hallelujah Hallelujah You've got to let go. You've got to become free. You've got to let God take a hold of your arms, your tongue, your spirit, your soul. Let God have his way on the inside of you and bring forth that new creation. All over this place with those hands raised. Katandala Bahaya hallelujah hallelujah Man, I'm telling you somebody's here to receive the mighty baptism of the spirit of the living God revival is here at East Wind this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel ah Ah, Baba la Bahaya.
1: That's
0: it. Let those praises burst forth. Mm. la <laughs> Bahaya. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yes! That's it. Open that mouth, honey. Open that mouth and let God speak through it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. all and Hallelujah. Keepin Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keeping me alive. It's, all me. Woo. it's me
1: alive.
0: Oh, that's it. Me alive. That's it. That's it. Open that mouth.
1: for God